أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد كتاب الأمور المنهي عنها باب تحريم الغيبة والأمر بحفظ اللسان قال الله تعالى ولا يغتب بعضكم بعضا أيحب أحدكم أن يأكل لحم أخيه ميتا فكرهتموه واتقوا الله إن الله تواب الرحيم وقال تعالى ولا تقف ما ليس لك به علم إن السمع والبصر والفؤاد كل أولئك كان عنه مسؤولا وقال تعالى ما, ما يلفظ من قول إلا لديه رقيب عتيد قال المصنف رحمه الله تبارك وتعالى اعلم أنه ينبغي لكل مكلف أن يحفظ لسانه عن جميع الكلام إلا كلاما ظهرت فيه المصلحة وما تستوى الكلام وتركه في المصلحة السنة الإمساك عنه لأنه قد ينجر الكلام المباح إلى حرام أو مكروه وذلك كثير في العادة والسلامة لا يعدلهما لا يعدلها شيء. The chapter or the book regarding those affairs that are prohibited. The chapter regarding the prohibition of backbiting and the commandment to guarding the tongue. Allah Most High said in his book, and uh, let not some of you backbite others. Would one of you like to eat the carrion flesh of his brother? Uh, rather, you would dislike it and fear Allah and know that Allah is oft turning to you and merciful. And Allah Most High says, don't follow those things that you have no knowledge of. Indeed, the hearing and the vision and the heart, all of them will be asked about. And Allah Most High said that a human being doesn't cast out any utterance except for there's an angel uh, that watches uh, over uh, that such a person vigilantly and writes down everything that they say. Imam Nawi rahimahullah ta'ala said, no. That every person who is morally responsible in front of the Lord It behooves them to guard their tongue From all of those forms of speech uh, From every form of speech Except for that speech in which there's some sort of benefit And when benefit and harm uh, are equal Then the sunnah is to still not say anything Why? Because permissive, permissive, permitted speech uh, Often drags a person into uh, unlawful or dislike speech, uh, as is uh, uh, frequently experienced, and safety. There's there's nothing else that's better than safety. So this is a, a chapter. This is a, a classic, like bread and butter. What the sawaf actually is supposed to be, rather than weird like uh, fabricated rumi quotes mm -hmm. on Facebook or uh, other airy fairy and abstruse types of things that people talk about. Uh, many of which are spurious from the get-go uh, and many of which people talk about them but they don't understand what they're talking about 
these are those things that are very simple to understand and they're the foundation of a person's uh, spiritual strength that a person the foundation of a person's uh, strength in uh, in their angelic uh, uh, in their angelic component because a human being is an angelic component and has a bestial component and both of them should be strong just like nobody likes to be so weak that they cannot walk or cannot breathe without a ventilator or cannot uh, uh, you know, perform basic tasks or cannot eat anything without vomiting up what they eat. Just like that spiritually a person needs <coughs> a certain amount of health in order to be functional. And it's possible that you know, some people spiritually, they uh, aren't killed by death. And there are some, some people that uh, they're uh, dead spiritually even though they're still physically alive or bestially alive, maybe a better way of saying it. And so guarding your tongue is a very important, it's a very important and uh, a necessary uh, element of, of staying alive and being healthy spiritually. Guarding your tongue is a virtue that the people we live amongst don't recognize anymore. And there is something that people are very proud of and they call it freedom of speech. Mm. And there, there are praiseworthy attributes of it as well. I'm not going to say it's completely evil. But what has happened is that we've, in our kind of popular imagination, um, started to think about it as itself as a virtue. And it's not. The ability to say what, is, what you think is right is good. And the fact is that some people disagree about what they think is right. But the idea that you can and should say anything that you want to at any time in any place is foolishness. And even the American law doesn't recognize that. If you scream fire, fire in a crowded theater, you're going to jail. If you call up a government official and make a physical threat, which I don't encourage anyone to do, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to go to you're going to go to jail. Um, and if you you know incite people, you know certain types of incitement, you're going to go to jail uh, based on the law of the same constitution. So our popular conception of what freedom of speech is. Uh, it doesn't match with what the legal conception is. And even the legal conception is overly broad because the point of the Constitution is not to tell you how to make it to Jannah. Rather, it's a founding document amongst, uh, you know, that was drafted amongst people who didn't know who Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is, um, nor did they make that the most important thing in their life. And uh, they wanted to find a way of making a life for themselves and govern, uh, you know, their polity uh, according to it. And that's fine. We don't want the government to tell us what we can and can't say uh, so intrusively that we no longer are able to speak what we consider to be virtuous speech. But that doesn't mean like people uh, seem to be uh, under the wrong impression. It doesn't mean saying anything and everything you want to is a good thing. And uh, in fact, there are many types of speech that are very harmful uh, for us as individuals and there are many types of speech that are very harmful for us as a society. And backbiting is one of those things. I don't know. I don't know for having grown up in America. I don't know that there are many people anymore left. There are people, you know, like old school churched, churched up people, ulubaqiyah. Usually they're like the teachers that retired when we were kids, you know, that that still understood that this is bad. But uh, those people seem to be long gone now. And uh, I remember even when I was a kid, uh, uh, even when I was in in school, uh, as a school administrator, you know, made some sort of offhanded comment about another kid in, in school, 
And, you know, I didn't study, like, Maliki Fiqh. Like, I didn't go to Mauritania when I was in third grade or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know much about the deen at the time. But at least I knew, alhamdulillah, backbiting is haram still, you know? I knew that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, you know, everything other than pork used to be halal in those days. It was like the wild, <laughs> the wild old days. You know, I don't, I don't even want to say jahiliya because usually when people talk about their jahiliya days, it's about stuff that they didn't, that they knew was wrong, but they did it anyway. Mm-hmm. In this sense, it was like actually like in a usuli sense, jahiliya, we didn't know. Like this is stuff we saw the imams in the masjid doing, so we thought it was mm-hmm. okay, right? But uh, at any rate, not to celebrate it in any way, shape, or form, alhamdulillah, who spared us from eating uh, najasa, mashallah. But even in those days, you know, there's, I, I, we knew that like backbiting is haram because... You just, you, you, at least we knew that, right? So I just said, I just said to this administrator, I said, I don't want to mention what position it is because then you could probably look up who it is and then I'd be mm-hmm. guilty of the same thing. But, uh, but I'm like, do you, do you talk like, do you talk crap about me when I'm not here also like this? Or do you talk crap about all the kids like when they're not there? Like, do you make fun of them? And uh, it was like a really awkward moment between him and the secretaries in the office and like me. And I just like turned around and left. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's something that it's something that we live amongst people who don't consider it a sin, and even more shocking than that is that we live amongst Muslims who don't consider it a sin. And it's one of the things; those things. There's no good that comes from it at all. And you know, it's it's funny because I knew right the last the last chapter was the Karamatul Awliya, right? Very mashallah deep topic. You know that people will make a career out of giving bayans on and things like that, right? Because you're Mm-hmm. Like you're like literally defying the laws of physics and things like that, right? And now we're back to this. Like, man, everybody knows uh, it's it, that backbiting is haram. They're like, let's talk about something relevant. This is like the most relevant thing to us, our time and our mm-hmm. place that we're in. The type of bakwas that's there on social media, the type of bakwas on WhatsApp and Telegram and YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and the, the comments and news and you know, like all of this stuff, it's all, it's all, literally you can see the entire spectacle of what demonic nonsense unfolds in front of people when what? When nobody cares about the, the, uh, the, the, the things that Allah made haram in speech. Um, the extension of which is then also the written word as well. All those things Allah made haram in speech, you see the toxicity, like literally it's causing it's causing like whatever like middle school girls to like kill themselves mm. you know like do you know how hard it is to make a middle school girl happy it's not very hard there's like two of them on the other side of the parda I can take them to ice cream I can take them to buy something at the bazaar I can take them to for this I can take them to that I can spend time with them they're happy But this stuff is toxic enough, it will even make, even make those children, the purest of children, the happiest of children, and the easiest to make happy of children, people who have no responsibilities, who have no problem, it will make them, it'll drive them to the point that they want to end their own life, that they don't want to eat and drink anymore, that they come, become despondent from, from life. This is some like evil and sick stuff, right? It's really gross, it's really disgusting. So people who want to have, you know, they say, oh, shiks talk about irrelevant things, you know, like, you know, they've gone to the moon and like these guys are still talking about riba is haram. First of all, they went to the moon a long time ago. Okay. Second of all, the newest group of people who just made it to the moon also, mashallah, will extol the virtues of drinking urine. So go see what, what's all, what that's all about. 
And if third, if this is not relevant, if this is not relevant, then I don't know like what hole you have your head stuck in. Mm. And so if all of this nonsense becomes too much for you and you feel overwhelmed and you feel like crap because like you read things and you see things and you watch videos and you watch clips that make you feel horrible, then do yourself a favor and like, you know, unplug yourself from it. Uh, and don't feel bad about it. Don't feel the need to make an excuse for it. Don't feel the need to explain yourself. Don't don't make a post about like, well, I'm going to take a break from social. You're just it's it's like, I got like bit by uh, stung by a bee like 17 times, and so somehow the 18th time is going to like make you better before you decide to stop like messing with the. No, just be done with it. It's all nonsense. It's not where real life is anyway. The teachings of all of this is like, mashallah, for like your interpersonal relationships. People used to apply these to their like mothers and fathers and cousins and like spouses and in-laws and things like that um you know so if all this stuff is haram and harmful to you then think about how like crazy it is to just like read just ridiculous amounts of information about people's private lives their personal lives who's right who's wrong who cares you know really who cares like people forget what it was like how old are you yasser 26. You're 26. You forget what it was. How old were you when 9-11 happened, right? You're three years old, right? Six. six uh, huh? Six, I think. You're six, you think? Yeah. 23 minus 26 comes to three, right? Oh, sorry. Yes, five. five okay. Six, yeah, okay. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, mashallah, right? So, like, you know, like, I was in, I was, like, I was, like, uh, in college. I was volunteering at the Ummah Clinic in LA. I showed up for my shift and like the manager was like locking everything and he's like, you're out of your mind, Hamza. I'm like, no, we should open up. People are sick. And he just looked at me like, you're an idiot. Go home. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and then that, the, the whole generation after that where Diane Feinstein, who can't even remember what she had for breakfast anymore, got up in front of the, uh, um, got up in front of the Senate and said, we should lift the ban on torture that the CIA has. You know who she wanted to torture, right? Us. She wanted to torture us, mm-hmm. right? So in that time, you're, everyone became so paranoid, right? Mm-hmm. Be careful what you say on, on, on the phone. Be careful what you say in recording. Be careful what you say in the masjid. People like to stop coming to the masjid for months, you know, some of them for years. You know, it's like pandemic. Some people haven't come back to Jamal yet mm-hmm. or whatever, right? <laughs> like it was like that, right? And uh, at this point, though, it's really funny. It's come full circle because everyone is so surveilled right now. Like how many, how much information are you going to go through? Mm. How much are they going to process in order to find which person they want to pick to convict of what, right? So now they're like going through that and like going after their own political adversaries. Some of them are going after the other and like they're, they're using all that overload of information. It's so much information that they gathered since then that it makes intelligence completely useless. Because mm-hmm. who the hell is going to process through all that information, right? That's for governments prosecuting like their political enemies. Imagine you, you're not actually going to do anything with it if it's useful or not. It's just too much information. It's too much information about everything and anything. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's the better candidate? Who's the, uh, you know, which thing, you know, which company is this going to happen? You can read too much about anything. If there's ever a proof, right? When we grew up, this general idea was that the more that you read, like the more bright your future is going to be. 100% turns out it's not true. Mm -hmm. Because I sit and read things all day and it makes me dumber. And I would like to think that the things I read are actually more procured than what a normal person reads. Mm -hmm. 
but here we are. Literally, just it makes you dumber. It makes you you're 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 a medical doctor, right? Do you think vaccines work or do they not work? A very high level opinion. There's obviously caveats, and I'll give you that. But in generally, do they work or do they? But there's literally infinite amount of material written by medical doctors that have licenses that everything that will tell you what that like every vaccine will like make you into like a gay crab people or whatever, right? And there's. You know, you can't say it's not scientific. You can't say it's not based on research. You can't, you can't say anything about it. There's just stuff, so much stuff out there, right? At some point or another, you're going to have to decide, okay, what's useful and what's not useful. And then what will happen is the cacophony of fools out there will say, well, you know, you're being closed-minded. Like, maybe we should all be a little bit closed-minded, right? Hmm. And it's funny because if I read this in 1997, what Noe said, right, that if the benefit and the harm are equal, then the sunnah is to like leave it. Because, you know, oftentimes reading something that's, or you know, talk, speaking or t- engaging something permissible will drag a person into the impermissible when it comes to speech. And there's nothing like, you know, staying safe. You'd be like, oh, look how closed-minded and this is that, and this is why we were colonized and this is why we lost to the British, French, Germans, God knows who el- whoever else out there and this is why this and this is why that and, you know, this is why Ghazali made science haram and then we're all backwards and like stupid things people say and now here we are. There's just so much stuff out there. What are you going to do with all of it? Look, like, state state that we're in mm. and so you know with uh polite uh uh, uh, uh um uh, you know with, a, with 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 politeness i have to disagree i think that this is probably one of the more um relevant abwab of the soul to the time we live in and maybe you know if you guys want to make it big on youtube right the muslim scene is a little bit toxic nowadays right on on, on social media or whatever and what what is it it's like you know there's like like only like 500 you know muslims in like a, a city and you open up a second like halal store how how, how much are you going to fight over the same 20 customers right just clean up clean up and sanitize the content and just tell it to normal people because normal people are not traumatized like people in our community are mm-hmm. uh, they'll eat the stuff up for breakfast because it makes sense mm-hmm. You know, because they're going through it right now. They're the ones who see, like, you know, you're uh, a college student and, like, you know that your mother and your aunts are all on, you know, God knows 20, 30 different uh, medicines that are causing them all kinds of problems because of overload from all of this. You can be the one say, hey, look, you know, I got this plan for you. It's a spiritual detox, okay? You got to get rid of your your TikTok and you got to, don't say it's haram because they don't know or care what it means. And you don't have to, right? So get get off of all of social media and for 20 days you're going to like think about what it is that you said and you're going to like make a list of like five people you talk to and that's all you're going to talk to you know and this is how you're going to opt out of this this is how you're going to opt out of that and you know you you can you can make money from it. you become like a self self-help guru you know like you know you don't have to say sheikh even you say guru you can say like whatever like sifu zen master whatever you want to call it jedi master whatever you want to call it right because people people need it right because otherwise what is it like no one's guaranteed survival otherwise the alternative you kill yourself and just make yourself like go go crazy and nuts and like in some cases like literally it leads to people ending their own lives uh or or, or uh you re- read about that crazy uh story out of out of the UK, a TikTok influencer and her mother, mm-hmm. like, ended up, like, in two people dead, like, six mm-hmm. people going to jail, and, like, you know, 
there's a in hind code you know they say bhangi te charsi kadina marsi te jado marsi de dre char aur vi kharsi the 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 uh, you know addicts mm-hmm. they seem to never die but when they do die they always take three four people with them right so that's the alternative you we, we like or we could mess with that if you want right mm-hmm. you mess with that if you want for all the young muslim boys who are in love with the influencer hijabi or otherwise mm-hmm. uh uh now you know how it ends mm-hmm. so it's up to you whatever whatever you're attracted to i guess you know if like death and destruction is what what does it for you go, go right ahead be my guest وعن ابي هريره رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من كان يؤمن بالله واليوم الاخر فليقل خيرا او ليصمت سيدنا ابو هريره رضي الله تعالى عنه said in a hadith that was plagiarized, plagiarized by uh, by uh, Bambi, right? So whoever believes in Allah and is in the last day, let them say something good or let them stay silent. You don't have anything good to say? Don't say anything at all. مُتَّفَقٌ عَلَيْهِ وَهَذَا الْحَدِيثُ صَرِيحٌ فِي أَنَّهُ يَنْبَغِي أَلَّا يَتَكَلَّمَ إِلَّا إِذَا كَانَ الْكَلَامُ خَيْرًا وَهُوَ الَّذِي ظَهَرَتْ مَصْلَحَتُهُ وَمَتَى شُكَّ فِي ظُهُورِ الْمَصْلَحَةِ فَلَا يتكلم. Uh, um, does anyone have a pen? There's a typo here. This uh, hadith is explicit. Barakallah fikum. This hadith is explicit. Um, do you mind if I just hold on to it? Mm-hmm. Unless you want to take notes or something. This hadith is explicit that uh, it behooves a person not to speak except for if the speech is good. Uh, and uh, uh, it's apparent what the benefit is. And if there's a doubt... Uh, uh, in the benefit, the benefit isn't apparent, then a person just shouldn't say anything. One Abi Musa, رضي الله تعالى عنه, قال: قلت يا رسول الله أي المسلمين أفضل؟ قال من سلم المسلمون من لسانه ويديه متفق عليه. سيدنا Abu Musa al-Ash'ari رضي الله تعالى عنه. He said, uh, I said, O Messenger of Allah, which of the Muslims is more virtuous, most virtuous? He says, whoever the other Muslims are safe from his tongue and from his hand. And it's a hadith, both of Bukhari and Muslim. No, he didn't say, you know, the one who accuses like the imams of being, uh, you know, uh, da'wah mafia and compassionate this and that. And the one who accuses every man they meet of being simps and every woman they meet of being a feminist. And every Sufi they meet of being a mushrik and every Salafi they meet of being a Wahhabi and Irhabi and Kababi and Sharabi and, you know, Jilbabi and God knows what else. Like, no, just the one that people are safe from from their from their uh, from their hand and their tongue. You know, it's really easy. It's really easy. It's so easy, mashallah. Just don't. Don't talk, don't talk bad about people, and you you win. Don't like mess some, you know, physically mess somebody up. You know, nobody here is like brave enough to like mess with the police. So usually people are good about that because <laughs> they're cowardice, right? It's the rest of it. All it is, you just have to squeak through the day, have a pen and paper, say, "Did I speak ill of anyone today?" And uh, if you didn't, you win. وعن سهل بن سعد رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من يضمن ما بين لحيه وما بين رجليه أضمن له الجنة متفق عليه سيدنا سهل بن سعد السعدي رضي الله تعالى عنه 
He said that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, whoever can guarantee for me what's between their two jawbones, meaning that their tongue doesn't is not used for haram, and what's between their two legs, meaning that their private parts are not used for haram. So I guarantee for such a person paradise. Again, speaking out about like infractions of the latter doesn't justify infractions of the for- former. In fact, that's one of the wisdoms of Qadhaf being haram. Is so that one person, a person doesn't, out of thinking that they're speaking out about the, the latter, it doesn't drag them into the former. Uh, 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 um, again, this is this is tasawwuf. This is what tasawwuf is. So Abu Hurairah anhu said that he heard the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam say, uh, "Indeed, the slave will say a word that he didn't think about, like carelessly say it. It's not something like prepared remarks or whatever. Just off the cuff, they'll say something in the mo- spur of the moment. They didn't think about it." It's like a, it's just the, it just came out. Because of which they'll fall into the hellfire further than the distance between the east and the west. Meaning they'll go so deep in the hellfire, it's like unfathomable to them how deep they fell because of the one thing that they said. Uh, and someone says, well, what is that? Kufr. A person may something say something that's kufr. A person may something say something that's blasphemy. They didn't think about it. They just opened their mouth because they had to have an opinion about everything. Because what, like freedom of speech or whatever, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, you know, freedom of speech or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what it is, right? Not to bring it back to this every single time, but like the navigating differences document, right? So many people, so many mm-hmm. people opened their mouth and said kufr about the thing. All you had to do is not say anything at all. Mm-hmm. You don't have to endorse it you don't like it you don't have to endorse it but to get up and say oh look saying that something is haram is haram is somehow like an act of violence or like act of this act of that you tried to make something that's known to be a sin into uh, you know and trying to like deflect from it being a sin that's kufr it's not good now am I making takfir of these people no I don't have to it's not my responsibility only fool would uh, jeopardize themselves by by doing or saying something that's not you know they're not you know required to take on peril or danger for that. Uh, but what I am saying is it is possible that someone could have said something that's kufr because of which they'll fell into the hellfire in unfathomable distance, and it's not even a big deal. Like, what did you get out of that? Did they give you money? Did they give you shabash? Does Biden give you a pass that you like have like dinner at the White House you know uh, every day for a month? Like, what did you get out of it? Did you get a 15% off coupon for Taco Bell? What did you get out of it? You got nothing. And because of which you spent so much. How many sins are there, right? Because we're usuli people, right? We're principled people. So let's think about it. Okay, all of us, we're going to commit a sin. Which sin would you commit if you were going to commit one? Obviously, don't commit one, right? But it's just al-sabil just hypothetical, right? Do something that's enjoyable. Do something that looks fun. You always wanted to do it. You'll enjoy it. And afterward, you'll say, make tawbah and say, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like, you know, Allah, Rahim, and that's it. You're done, right? 
Say, no, why don't you eat feces? That's also haram. So why would you want to do that? doesn't look like much fun at all. And it's actually more, more punishment than, you know, of all the things you could eat. Why would you want to do that? It makes no sense whatsoever. But that's, 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 this is why this is, you know, this is why this is tasawwuf. It's like, hey, if you're going to do something haram in the first place, at least think about it before you do it. Uh, 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 because being a jahil makes everything worse. وَعَنْهُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَىٰ عَنْهُ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ It's a continuous, he's going to escalate to explaining the same concept. It's عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ إِنَّ الْعَبْدَ لَيَتَكَلَّمُ بِالْكَلِمَةِ مِنْ رِضْوَانِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَىٰ مَا يُلْقِي لَهَا بَالًا يَرْفَعُهُ يَرْفَعُهُ اللَّهُ بِهَا دَرَجَاتٍ Balan Yahwi Biha Fi Jahannama Rawahul Bukhari Wan Abi Abdul Rahmani Bilal and Ibn Harith al Muzani Radiallahu Anhu and Nursullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Akala in Rajul Alayat Kalamu Bil Kalimati Min Ridwani Lahi Ta'ala Makani Yazunu and Tabulura Ma Balagat يكتب الله عفوا تعالى له بها رضوانه إلى يوم يلقاه وإن الرجل لا يتكلم بالكلمة من سخط الله ما كان يظن أن تبلغ ما بلغت يكتب الله بها سخطه إلى يوم يلقاه رواه مالك في الموطئ والترمذي وقال حديث حسن صحيح so contents of which are very similar. The first narration from Sayyidina Abu Huraira is that the Prophet said that a slave will say a word from the pleasure of Allah, those things that please Allah and he doesn't even think about it all that much because of which Allah will raise him ranks and indeed a slave will say a word from the anger of Allah most high, it doesn't give it a thought because of which he will fall into the hellfire. It's a narration of Bukhari. And then the next one is a narration of the Muwatta and of Tirmidhi. Uh, from Sayyidina Bilal uh, uh, Rahman, Abu Abdurrahmani Bilal ibn al-Harith al-Muzani. That the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, Indeed, a man will say a word from the pleasure of Allah Most High. He didn't think that it would be such a big deal. He didn't think that it would reach the place that it reaches. But Allah Ta'ala, because of that word, uh, writes his pleasure uh, until he meets him, the day he meets him. Meaning you, Allah is pleased with you forever because of that one thing you said. And then on the flip side, there's a man who might say something from the anger of Allah Ta'ala and does, he doesn't really think much of it uh, because of which Allah Ta'ala will write for him his anger until the day he meets him. Meaning Allah Ta'ala will be, after saying that, Allah Ta'ala will be angry with him forever. Right? The day of judgment is a day that begins, it never ends. This expression, you know, ila yomi al-qahu, it means ila al-abad. It means forever. It doesn't mean that after that day maybe you can make up for it. No, that's it. It's sealed, it's locked in. Uh, and what is the mithal, the likeness of the word that a person could say because of which Allah Ta'ala will be pleased with them forever? Right? You come and sit in the gatherings of zikr, you say la ilaha illallah. How many times do you say it? 10 times, 20 times, 100 times, 1,000 times? Do you really remember every single time you said it? Like uniquely and like that was really profound every single time? No, you're just like getting through it because you know afterward we're going to hang out, we're going to chat, we're going to swing by Brost and get some, you know, like, you know, some things, you know what I mean? Like, 
maybe you're the guy who like relishes every time, you know, like make dua for me, like you're pious people, mashallah, right? But they, it's not always like that. You say something, but still Allah Ta'ala, there are people who say even like that, the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala or some word of truth or some word of wisdom, of consolation of a broken-hearted person, of so many different things. If not any of those other profound things, then even just sitting in the dhikr, the fatiha that you read in the salat. Again, who remembers every raka'ah every time they prayed for like the last God knows how long. You might say it one time and that's it. It kicks your count over the top and you made it. And, uh, you know, you made it. Alhamdulillah, mashallah, you made it. It's a mercy that Allah Ta'ala doesn't tell us when a person has made it because then you'll be like, oh, cool, I don't have to do nothing no more, right? But like, you know, because you just keep going up and up and the maqam you get, you'll get forever as well, right? We're usuli people. Let's explore this question. Why not? Like if you realize, okay, I made it now. What's, what's the, why is it that this is not your license to like go and like hit up the guy in the corner and get some fentanyl and tune out? Right? Why go through the effort afterward, right? After all, is Islam there to make you into like a slave? No, I mean, the more you go, you go higher and higher. The person who has a higher maqam in Jannah is not going to resent their maqam. They're going to value it. They're going to say, Alhamdulillah, I did this. I wish I could do more and get an even higher maqam than this, right? So there's mercy in that as well. But it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. There's good deeds people do. So I've been at this like uh, Islam thing for quite some time. It's getting kind of difficult. It's sometimes tedious. You know, you're at it for a while. It does, you get somewhere with it. It's not like it's all just going into a, a, like a black hole somewhere. You know, you might you, you you might be almost there. You might already be there. You know, you might be uh, might be on the cusp of it. That you know, you you sit in zikr and Allah Allah, and you'll do it, and something clicks, and that's it. You're you're from the ones that made it. Uh, that a person says it, and it, it it wasn't even all that didn't even seem to you all that profound or deep, but Allah accepted it. And then on the flip side, someone might say something stupid, some off the cuff, you know, comment. Well, like backbiting with aunties in the. You know. In the uh, in the living room, what they call the drawing room in Pakistan, right? Or like online mocking someone or something or whatever, and uh, you know, the Lord is not pleased with it. He took offense to that, and then afterward, what are you gonna you're gonna be like? Well, I didn't mean to, and the Constitution said this and that, and like, it's a lot. Like he doesn't care what the Constitution said. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, why would you even think that means anything in that place? Um, and so a person should be careful, should be careful about all of these things. One Sufyan ibn Abdullahi, قال قلت يا رسول الله حدثني بأمر اعتصم به قال قل ربي الله ثم استقم قلت يا رسول الله ما أخوف ما تخاف علي فأخذ بلسان نفسه ثم قال هذا رواه الترمذي وقال حديث حسن صحيح سيدنا Sufyan ibn Abdullahi said, I said, O Messenger of Allah, say to me uh, 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 such a command that I can hold fast to it. Uh, he said, say my Lord is Allah and then be steadfast in that statement. I said, O Messenger of Allah, what is the most frightening thing that you fear for me? And then he took, he took his own tongue in his hand and uh, 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 then he said this. Rawah Tirmidhi Tirmidhi, narrated by Tirmidhi, and he said, Hadith Hassan Sahih. When Abdullah ibn Umar radi Allah ta'ala anhuma, Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, La tukthiru al-kalama bi ghayri dhikrillahi, fa inna kathrat al-kalami bi ghayri dhikrillahi ta'ala qaswatun lil-qalbi, wa inna ab'ada al-nasi min Allahi ta'ala al-qalbu al-qasi. Rawah Tirmidhi. This is another problem that's not necessarily like on the, on the surface of it, a person wouldn't think of it as a problem. 
that Sayyidina Abdullah bin Umar who said that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, prohibited us. He said, don't speak a lot without uh, interdispersing within it, within it the memory of Allah, the remembrance and the praise of Allah. Because speaking a lot without praising Allah or without remembering Allah Most High uh, is a sign of the hardness of the heart or is something that makes the heart hard. Uh, and the furthest people from Allah, uh, meaning the furthest people from His mercy, the most cursed of people, uh, are is the is the hard heart. Is the hard heart. This is a problem. This is a this is a problem. You go to school six hours a day. You go to school eight hours a day. Nobody even mentions Allah Taala, much less uh, His praise. People have places of work. They don't make the dhikr of Allah Taala. People have, you know, like, you know, they say, oh, we're not backbiting, we're not lying, cheating, no one said a four-letter word, none of this stuff. You know, we're just talking about something innocuous, like, you know, this is a bunny rabbit petting club. You know, what could be wrong with that? Don't let too much speech transpire without the remembrance of Allah. If you go into your school and, like, you know, Mrs. Crabapple, your sixth grade teacher, doesn't remember Allah, and you raise your hand and say, well, you know, this hadith, and she's going to, like, <laughs> laugh you off or, like, send you to the tremendous... That's then in that case, what do you do? You make Allah the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala yourself. You don't have a fancy tasbih, you can't afford my stuff. It's expensive, I know. It's good stuff though, but it's I get it, you know. Sometimes people are broke. You have your fingers as well. You don't have to you can read Quran while you're while you're sitting there. You can, you know, you can hear the name of Allah Ta'ala in your breath. But be conscious conscientious about not letting too much time pass by without the Remembrance without the praise of Allah Ta'ala because it will harden your heart. And then what happens, people with that hard heart, they actually resent somebody who says the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. And this is, why do you have to bring that up? Even though Allah Ta'ala is relevant to every single thing we do in the day. He's relevant to government. The right of sovereignty that one person has over another, it's a right given and mandated by Allah Ta'ala. The human body, the way it functions, you know, it was designed by Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala is the one who commanded us to look after it. The person who buys, sells, and trades, they buy and sell and trade by the right of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala who made uh, trade uh, uh, permissible and made riba haram. Everything has a, a very organic connection with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. When the heart becomes hard, people become uh, irritated or, you know, uh, angry about it or whatever that that kafia that that uh, um, condition can be scrubbed it can be cleaned for some people except for those who deliberately want to hold on to it the person says well that's kind of me if someone's you know were to mention a lot at work or whatever i'd be like you know but then i recognize it's not a good thing you can scrub that kafia you can scrub that condition from yourself it comes over us especially because we become so habituated to it but, uh, uh, um, you know, if you see it, then no, it does have to be scrubbed. And how is it that you can ward that condition off, that hardness of the heart off? By yourself remembering Allah Ta'ala uh, from, from, you know, within the limit of, of your work, within the, 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 the time of your work. While, you know, you're going from class to class, you know, have a set of surahs that you read in the day and just read them while you're walking from class to class. You know, have, a, you know, say, I'm going to do this dhikr, I'm going to say salat and salam on the Prophet mm-hmm. this many times while walking from here to there. Or if you do people who work for a living, oftentimes traditionally Muslims, people used to work with their hands like blacksmiths and carpenters and metal workers and, you know, masons and things like that. Uh, they used to, they used to do, do this integrated into their, mm-hmm. integrate the dhikr.
zikr of Allah Ta'ala into their work. It's it's easy and it's uh, you know benefit. It's khair for your dunya and it's khair for the for the akhirah and it makes your work better. Uh, but uh, this is a problem that we allow ourselves to slip into the stream of the dysfunctional uh, uh, the dysfunctional ones uh, dictating to the, the ones who have some functionality still or at least who know better uh, you know dictating to them dysfunctionality it's not good it's not good a person should guard against uh, getting sucked into that and it's one thing if it's non-Muslims you kind of understand right the most heartbreaking part is when it's like Muslims when it's your own family your own friends when you're your own whatever that's okay that's okay. Don't be disheartened by it. Just know this is a test Allah is going to test people with. And, uh, you know, do do what it is you want. See who, who you are, right? Let's see. I'm not just talking crap about America, right? Uh, America has some really nice things about the culture over here. Some very Sufi things about the culture over here. Whereas uh, in the old world, we live our life for somebody else every moment. You live your life to make your parents happy. You make your you live your life to make your brothers and sisters happy, to make your people happy, to make your tribe happy, to make your college happy, to make your school happy, to make your caste happy. You know, to make your children happy, to make your grandchildren happy, so you have a legacy. This and that. America's like screw everybody. I'm going to do this for me. You know, I'm going I'm to take care of myself. I deserve this. You know, I'm by myself. You know, buy yourself a BMW because you deserve it, right? Uh, and say, so, okay, yeah, BMW would be nice. But like there are other things that we like as well, right? Like uh, not being a complete like hard-hearted scumbag, mm-hmm. right? I'm gonna do this for me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do this for me. You know, and okay, like relatives don't like it. Okay, you do whatever the hell you want to. It's America. It's a free country. No one's stopping you. Whatever your, you know, aspirations are, you go ahead and you know you do you, and I'm gonna do this for me. When Abi Hurairah radiallahu anhu qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam man waqahu Allahu sharra ma bayna lahiyayhi wa sharra ma bayna rijlayhi dakhala al-jannata rawahu al-tirmidhiyu wa qala hadithun hasanun sahih a hadith similar to one that passed uh, uh, that said Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu said that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said uh, whoever uh, 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 Allah has protected from the evil of that which is between the two jawbones and that which is between the two legs and that person enters Jannah when Uqbata ibn Amir radiallahu anhu qala qultu ya rasulullahi man najatu qala amsik alayka lisanaka wal yasaaka baytuka wabki ala khati'atik rawahu tirmidhi wa qala hadithun hasan mashallah what a beautiful hadith um, that's so apt for the time we live in. Sayyidina Uqbat ibn Amir radiallahu anhu, he said that, the, that I said, O Messenger of Allah, what is salvation? Like, how can we be saved from just like stuff, bad stuff? Uh, uh, he said, what is salvation? And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa responded, he said, hold, hold back your, uh, against yourself your tongue and let your home be spacious for you. Uh, and uh, cry over your sins. Feel bad when you do something wrong. Feel, let yourself feel bad about those things. Uh, interestingly enough, people cannot accept that sins are sins. They'd rather just become an all-in-out kafir rather than making toba. Uh, like I was talking to uh, uh, Ustaji uh, Omar before. It's not really all that hard. You can be a pretty degenerate person. Islamic uh, history is filled with degenerate personalities some of which uh, it will completely uh, destroy the whole 
if there was any Sufi feeling to this gathering, it will completely trash it if I tell you some of the weird stuff people were up to back in the day. Really, you know, Usuli people, when they do debauchery, they do it right. A kafir does random stuff. The dart might land on halal, it might land on haram. A person who knows the difference between the two, when he does debauchery, it's all going to be just bad. Uh, so people did some crazy stuff. And yet, and yet, they still made toba before they died. How amazing it is. It's not that hard. Don't blow it. Um, it's not that hard. All you have to do is feel bad about your sins. And uh, acknowledge what's right is right, even if you never did it a day of your life. Um, you know, we're not khawarij, right? Even if you never did it a day in your life. Uh, just the acknowledgement itself is an act of piety greater than any sort of, you know, salat or hajj a person can pray or do. Wallahu alam. Wallahu alam. Uh, um, but yeah, hold back your tongue and let your house, let your house be, uh, uh, let your home be... Uh, uh, expansive for you this is not a uh, endorsement of like some sort of like real estate mm. no but meaning what like don't go out except for if you need to because outside is like filled with all kind of weird people this whole like for example like especially the kids are here mm. right going to school is traumatic right it's traumatic it's not fun right no why? But you're forced because you home is everything is comfortable. You know what's there, and like mm -hmm. school, you have to go and deal with all of these people that are like institutionalized uh, people, uh, some of which mm -hmm. deserve to be institutionalized in more like progressively advanced institutionalizational settings. Mm -hmm. um, and it sucks to have to go out and do things. But one of the kind of weird things about about school is that. It sells you this idea that somehow you feel like your home is like in the institution, not at home. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing in the corporate world as well. They'll sell you a vision that your vision is with the corporation. And they'll be like, oh, look, there's a fridge here with like as many Red Bulls as you want. Gada, you just buy like a $36 flat of Red Bull. How many Red Bulls are you going to eat and drink in a day, right? Buy yourself a gym membership. There's a gym on the campus or whatever. They have like this like cable crossover machine. You're going to sell your soul for that. You know, you're not going to play with your own children because of that. You're going to, like, you know, let your wife and your husband, like, you know, uh, float out to space because of that. Like, it's dumb, right? Work as much as you need to in order to, like, do stuff you want to do and then afterward have your own vision. Uh, and so this is, this is, yeah, in that sense, if you need to, like, spend a little bit more money on your home, on your real estate, so you feel more comfortable at home than you do at work or than you do at school or than you do at any of these other, like, weird places that you're, like, you know, your like mother-in-law's house or like your like weird uh, relatives or weird friends' house or whatever, then go ahead and do it. Consider spe that spending part of your deen. Why? Because in your house, you're Khalifa, you're the Miral Mu'minin. Mm. Right? Finally, finally, finally. After so much struggle and so many tears, the black flag of Khilafah was planted somewhere. <laughs> right? Takbir. Allahu Akbar. It's in your home, right? You're the Khalifa of, the, of, of, of Allah Ta'ala in your home. But you want to go out to the mall like where like they're doing all kind of haram things. You want to go to like school where they're teaching your kids about like the ever-expanding universe of like multiple genders and you want to go to like this and you want to go, okay, you need something from the mall, go get it and then come home. You need some, you, you know, you need something from, uh, uh, you know, from school, from work, go ahead. 
say, look, he's going to say education is haram, right? I'm like, okay, whatever, right? Like, we, this is not the message to talk about that, right? Mm-hmm. But like, okay, if you need to, some people need to. I don't think everyone does, but that's not the message to talk about that. If you need to, go for it. Knock yourself out. Then when you're done, like, come home. How many, like, 20 different types of evils would you, you know, preserve yourself from if you were able to do that? You know, and if they have a Red Bull or whatever, uh, free Red Bull at, at work, just buy yourself a freaking Red Bull and stay home. Like, you know, like, it's not, it's not that big of a deal, right? First class in, in, in domestic flights now, they'll, like, give you, like, a little thing of cashews <laughs> versus, like, the, 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 the pretzels you get in coach, Right. If you were to buy it in the airport, you wouldn't buy it because you'd be like, oh, this thing is like $6. I could buy it for $2 like at the gas station or whatever, right? And then in the plane, it costs like how much more? It costs like double the or triple the price of, of the of the coach ticket, right? Just buy it. Be Go easy on yourself. Buy it from on the ground and go enjoy yourself. Indulge yourself. Everything, everything is like that in life, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just that what? You're too cheap to buy it from before. And now you're in the air and you're like, oh, I wish I could do this. And some people, just that impulse will make them get the credit card out and like upgrade themselves. Like God knows what kind of atrocious cost or at least desire to do so. It's dumb. It's just mismanagement. Mm-hmm. You know, mashallah, people have, you know, real estate is cheap. We're not, <laughs> Sadiq, we're not in LA, right? We're not in Seattle. You buy a house cheap over here. It's the Midwest, mashallah. Um, you know, buy enough house that you don't, you don't like look at other places and be like, oh, I wish I was there. Mm-hmm. Whoever is not able to do even that much, Allah Ta'ala help them. Mm-hmm. Allah help us all. Allah Ta'ala give us enough, inshallah, mm-hmm. that our homes have, have enough everything, food to eat and mm-hmm. space to live. Mm-hmm. The person who is, you know, the person, mashallah, there are some people in the majlis that are, that are uh, not married, mashallah, so they may dream about <laughs> nice things that they want outside of the house. Allah Ta'ala bring that halal version of that to them in their homes as well, so they don't have to like look outside and just uh, uh, victimize themselves again and again. Right. Because liking nice things, even that nice thing, there's nothing wrong with that. It's the haram and the kufr and all that stuff, that's the problem, right? Uh, that's, that's what we're worried about. وعن أبي سعيد الخضري رضي الله تعالى عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إذا أصبح ابن آدم فإن الأعضاء كلها تكفر اللسان تكفر اللسان تقول اتق الله فينا فإنما نحن بك فإن استقمت استقمنا ونعوججت اعوججنا رواه ترمذي ومعنى تكفر اللسان إيه he mentions he mentions from the Prophet وسلم, that when the son of Adam wakes uh, all of the limbs and for the discourse of tasawuf, limbs is not just the, the physical limbs, but the spiritual limbs, meaning all those things that have an inroad into the heart. Mm-hmm. That the limbs, all of them, they beg hum- humbly in front of the, in front of the tongue. They say, fear Allah Taala w- with regards to us, because we're all connected to you. And if you are, uh, uh, if you are upright, then we're upright. We're good. And uh, uh, if you if you are, behave crooked then all of us will go down this crooked path with you. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all tawfiq. Wa sallallahu ta'ala rasulih sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.